WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Dr. Kelvin Butts will be able to remove the interim from his job title with Benton Harbor Area Schools. The Board of Education has voted to appoint him as the district's permanent superintendent pending contract negotiations. Dr. Butts has held the post since being selected to take over for Andre Townsell when he moved on. The school board thanked the community for its input in a survey and community forum. It adds they want to continue those talks as the district moves forward with its revitalization. Meanwhile, debt forgiveness is still likely coming to Benton Harbor area schools, just not until the fall. State Representative Joey Andrews has sought to get the school district's debt forgiven in the new state budget, but tells us they couldn't make it happen with the spending plan approved this week. It's because of an ongoing lawsuit involving the city of Highland Park. I had conversations with the speaker and a couple people on the governor's team about it, and my impression is it's a matter of when, not if, and the timing because of the Highland Park bankruptcy issue. Basically, they, you know, send an odd signal if you're forgiving some debt but not others in the middle of a lawsuit. So just uh, taking a pause and that strap up this summer, and then hopefully we'll be able to move forward early September. The district's debt stands at more than $12 million. Andrew says it looks like six school districts statewide could be in line for debt forgiveness when that fall supplemental budget bill comes. More than $74,000 in Heart of Cook grants to 36 organizations have been announced by the Berrien Community Foundation. The BCF's Susan Matheny tells us the 2023 Heart of Cook grants will support a wide range of programs with everything from food pantries to prom for senior citizens to getting new gear for first responders. Everything from basic needs projects to public safety projects, things for fire and police to make sure they're as equipped as they need to be to the Bering County Youth Fair and arts projects, Boy Scouts, you know, lots of different projects. If it makes the community a better place, if it helps people live better lives in County, there's a good chance they're going to want to at least hear about it. Matheny says the grant program is the charitable arm of the Cook plant and a team of employees determines which applicants are approved. Among the recipients of Heart of Cook grants this year are the Benton Harbor Department of Public Safety, the Berrien County Youth Fair Association, the Coloma Youth Baseball and Softball Association, Friends of the Lincoln Township Public Library, New Heights CCDA, the Niles Salvation Army, and the St. Joseph High School Key Club. We'll have a full list at our website. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has launched a new public service announcement to remind everyone of the new hands-free law in Michigan. The law bans holding a cell phone while driving. That means no texting, reading, or watching anything on your phone when behind the wheel. Whitmer says the law is a good thing. Ohio just recently changed their law. They've already seen demonstrable uh, drop in terms of deaths. I think that we could extrapolate from that and look over what four years could have meant for lives. So I, I think that you can figure that out. All I can say is this new legislature has come in. They've taken a number of actions to keep people safer. The Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning says distracted driving needs to be taken as seriously as drunk driving or, or drug driving because the behavior produces the same results. Violations of the new law will result in a fines of $100 for the first offense and $250 for subsequent offenses. With the 4th of July weekend here, the Michigan Department of Transportation is doing what it can to ensure travel on the roads goes smoothly. MDOT spokesperson Nick Sharippa tells us there's going to be a record number of travelers, so MDOT is lifting lane restrictions where possible. We are lifting traffic restrictions on 99 out of 175 projects statewide, trying to get out of the way right as much as we can. And obviously some of those projects, we have to have restrictions in place. There's no bridge to drive across. We can't very well open that bridge. Sharippa says 
that US 31 in Berrien County will still only have one lane open in each direction between US 12 and M139. Over to the east, I-94 still has some lane restrictions. I-94 through Kalamazoo and Battle Creek has some lane restrictions. Two lanes open in each direction, but some ramp closures and such. So folks be aware of that. Sherpa says drivers are still reminded to give themselves plenty of time due to all the traffic that's expected. And he reminds drivers the new ban on holding a cell phone is now in effect. You can find a map of all the construction projects statewide at michigan.gov drive. July is Michigan Beer Month. Michigan Brewers Guild Director Scott Graham tells us the Michigan legislature officially proclaims the month each year to highlight the large number of breweries around the state and to send more people their way. Really, it's just a way to highlight what we call the great beer state's amazing beer culture and world-class breweries and their beers, and to just kind of celebrate and highlight that we have this special thing here in Michigan in the local beer and the beer community. Graham says the Guild has 300 member breweries statewide. They include the Beer Church Brewing Company in New Buffalo, Haymarket Brewery in Taproom in Bridgman, Watermark Brewing in Stevensville, and the Livery in Benton Harbor. As part of Michigan Beer Month, the 24th Annual Michigan Summer Beer Festival will be held in Ypsilanti July 21st and 2nd, and commemorative pints can be purchased at dozens of breweries around the state. Graham recommends checking out mibeer.com to find a map of great breweries around Michigan. And the St. Joseph Junior Foundation Sailing School will hold an open house this Sunday for the completion of its Bill Campbell Pavilion in the West Basin Marina. The school says the pavilion was originally envisioned by the foundation in 1997 when it moved to its current location. The proposed design consisted of a river platform constructed with a roof overhead. Budget constraints limited the construction to an open platform, but major donations made by Campbell's daughter Ann Campbell, as well as other contributions, have made completion of the pavilion possible. It's intended to serve as an additional classroom and observation deck for students. The open house will be on Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. at 7 Lighthouse Lane in St. Joseph. There will be some presentations and light refreshments provided. The open house is open to everyone. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden says he plans to announce the next steps for helping student loan borrowers after the Supreme Court rejected his administration's arguments that he has the authority to forgive billions of dollars in student debt under the HEROES Act. More from ABC's Faith Abube at the White House. A defiant President Biden writes in a new statement that, quote, I believe the court's decision to strike down our student debt relief plan is wrong. More than 40 million borrowers stood to benefit from the loan forgiveness program. But the Supreme Court rejected the $400 billion idea. The president blasting Republicans for not supporting the plan. He says his administration will continue to find other ways to deliver student loan relief for borrowers. Faith Abube, ABC News, the White House. French President Emmanuel Macron is urging parents to keep teenagers at home and has blamed social media for fueling the rioting that spread dramatically across France following a fatal police shooting of a 17-year-old driver. While Macron held off on declaring a state of emergency, his interior minister ordered a complete shutdown of all public bus and tram services around the country to take effect before sunset. Macron says social media platforms like Snapchat and TikTok have played a considerable role in fueling copycat acts of violence. The police shooting of the teenager was captured on video and has stirred up long-simmering tensions between police and young people in disadvantaged neighborhoods. The Supreme Court today ruled in favor of a Colorado website designer who is asking for the right to not serve same-sex couples. 
The 6-3 decision mirrored the voting pattern of yesterday's affirmative action case along conservative liberal lines. ABC's Rick Klein tells us the ideological skewing of the justices will be used to propel voters to the polls in 2024. Three of the six Republican justices, of course, were appointed by President Trump. And that is the issue that translates into the campaign. It's a blow to Biden on student loans. Yes, it's a blow to Democratic principles on affirmative action, on LGBT rights. More broadly, it's a defeat to people that saw the country and see the country moving in a different direction because these were dictated by the balance of the court. The Democrat had been president for those four years instead of Donald Trump, we would have different decisions today, we'd have potentially a different country today. A week after the mutiny raised the most daunting challenge to President Vladimir Putin's rule in over two decades, key details about the uprising in Russia remain shrouded in mystery. Did mercenary chief Yevgeny Prigozhin have inside help from the military and political elite in his armed rebellion that rattled the country? Uncertainty also swirls around the fate of Prigozhin and his Wagner private military force, along with the deal that they got from the Kremlin and what the future holds for the Russian defense minister they tried to oust. Finally, the Russian president is seeking to shore up the weaknesses revealed by the events of last weekend, but how successful he'll be is another unknown. Police around the country are cracking down on illegal fireworks. In California, there's been a big bust after a fire alerted investigators to a stash. ABC's Alex Stone has more. It started earlier this month with a large fire at a public storage complex in San Jose. Inside, firefighters found a huge amount of illegal fireworks that lit, causing the entire building to catch fire. Arson investigators then found other storage units that had fireworks inside. Now under arrest are two men, 45 and 25 years old, accused of storing 38,000 pounds of illegal fireworks. San Jose police say they also found methamphetamine, cocaine, marijuana, a gun, and thousands of dollars in cash. Both men have been booked into jail. Alex Stone, EBC News. Heat waves like the one that engulfs parts of the South and Midwest and killed more than a dozen people are becoming more common. Experts say the extreme weather events, which claim more lives than hurricanes and tornadoes, will likely increase. A heat dome that killed 13 people in Texas and another in Louisiana pushed eastward Thursday and is expected to be centered over the Mid-South by the weekend. Heat index levels of up to 112 degrees are forecast in parts of Florida in the next few days, and extreme heat is expected in Arizona by Saturday. Climate scientists say extreme heat deaths will increase without more action to combat climate change. Packages could go undelivered later this summer, with UPS drivers threatening to strike in August. More from Dave Packer. The union representing UPS workers says a strike is inevitable come August 1st if UPS doesn't come back to the table before the weekend with its last, best, and final offer on improved wages and benefits. The Teamsters walked away from contract negotiations with UPS this week after more than two months of talks. A strike by UPS's 340,000 workers would be a huge disruption to the supply chain and to the millions of Americans who rely on UPS for package deliveries. The last UPS strike 25 years ago lasted 15 days and crippled delivery services. Dave Packer, ABC News. People in the central U.S. headed into the 4th of July weekend facing smoky haze, high temperatures, and dealing with the aftermath of a powerful winds. Utility crews were scrambling today to restore electricity after a storm system moved across Illinois and Indiana yesterday. The storm damaged trees and buildings in the central parts of both states, from the Mississippi River to the Indianapolis area. Utility companies face the challenge of trying to replace electrical lines entangled in downed trees ahead of more expected thunderstorms and temperatures climbing to around 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Utility companies reported more than 250,000 homes and businesses were, were without power as of this morning. 
And celebrated actor Alan Arkin has died. Here's ABC's Jason Nathanson. Alan Arkin's sons Adam, Matthew, and Anthony confirmed their father's death, saying in a statement that he was a uniquely talented force of nature, both as an artist and a man. They called him a loving husband, father, grand, and great-grandfather, and said he was adored and will be deeply missed. Arkin most recently starred in the hit Netflix series The Kaminsky Method, for which he scored two Emmy nominations, but he left two years ago, ahead of the show's third and final season. Alan Arkin was 89. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.